Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today I'm joined by Suzanne Dawson-Holt and the last time I saw Suzanne face to face we were sharing a stage as I was, I had the privilege of giving her an award at the UK National Contact Centre Awards as Outsourced Team Manager of the Year. We'll get onto that but we've chatted before since then and I know you're going to love this one so Suzanne thank you very much for doing this. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's, it's my pleasure. It must seem like ages ago that, that the awards night happened. It does. It's a, it's a, it is very much a distant memory at the moment because it, it all seems to happen so quick as well. So, you know, you're out there panicking and waiting for your turn and hoping, fingers crossed, that you're going to see your name up in lights. But actually, hear it and get up on the stage was entirely different. So, And then the next thing you know, yeah, back to your normal day job and just <laughs> doing what you do best, basically. Just moving on, and you'll have to tell everyone about the, the actual award itself and how, how modest you are, but you are one of four or five, I think, winners for Shared Services Connected or SSCL as more, as more better known, but you were one yeah. of the, you had a very successful night, you guys, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we came away with two golds and a couple of silvers as well, so yeah, the, the team won my gold out there, so there's a fab picture of them all up on the stage as well. And you, as well as doing your the, the day job, I'm pleased to say you're you're part of our the team leader community. But we we really wanted to talk, didn't we, about your your career today and the journey that you've you've had and the your home life and that kind of thing. Where 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 should we start with all this? I don't know. I mean, we can look at you know. Yeah, I'm a contact centre team leader now, and like you say, quite modest. You know, me, me family and friends are very quick to tell everybody I'm a multi-award winning contact centre team leader, but to me, I'm just a team leader. But way back when, you know, my life revolved around customer service and my family, but face-to-face customer service, so working in retail, I never ever imagined myself being in a contact centre. I didn't see how that would work, how you could give the best experience to the client and your staff working in a contact centre. But obviously it's absolutely changed my life. I love being in contact centres now. It's just you have so much time, so much more opportunity to do things. Totally different way of learning. But obviously my son was a, a big, big step in that, given that he's autistic. And I know you won't mind me telling anybody that because he's very quick to tell people yourself now. And I actually took a year out of work. He was adamant he wanted to go to university. He either backtracked everything he wanted to do, did all his research, knew what GCSEs he needed, knew what ENLs he needed. And being a proper mummy's boy, he, you know, he stayed close to home and travelled seven and a half hours away to the west coast of wales <laughs> so i i literally took a year out to support them in like what people would probably classify as normal everyday things like asking where something is in a supermarket when you can't find it not something he would have done at all so when his journey started at uni that's when my journey with contact centers started so let's take this back though because i remember you, you telling me that your son you exactly what university he oh, wanted yeah. to go to and what course he wanted to do and this was before he'd even done his GCSEs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he had done all his research. So he knew he wanted to go to Swithin Wales. One, because it's got the highest pass rate on the course he wanted to do. One, because it had the highest rate for like safety within the campuses and the best rate for people going into their desired day job after they've completed their course. So he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he went out and did artificial intelligence and robotics. Wow. So not, so a, not a simple subject, put it that way. And from that kind of having that plan, 
where where were you at this point? Were you working in retail at the time? So before, whilst he was doing his GCSEs, yeah, I was working retail. So I used to do PD loans, sell foreign currency, sell jewellery, that kind of stuff. So it was very face-to-face, one-on-one, with a very small team around you. Because maybe there's only be two or three people in the shop that you were working with. So, you know, not big teams like we have now, working in contact centres. So that was kind of where I was and what I was looking to go back to once he went off to university. But obviously it, it never it never fell out my plan that way. So, And what, what happened then? What led to the decision? To, and was it SSCL that you joined? It wasn't initially. So my first contact centre was with another company. So I worked for Engie, the home gas and electricity company. The role I applied for was customer services. I never said anything about contact centre. I just said customer services. And that's why There's I went for it. That. Yeah. <laughs> So when I went for the assessment day, I was like very taken aback, like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. And then within two weeks of training, I'm like, no, I definitely don't think this is for me. And I, and I started back at ground level, if you will. So I came in as like just an agent on the phone just to get to know the role. I've never worked in a contact centre. I didn't really understand how it would work. So I wanted to like go back to basics and learn, if you will. So and within a few months, I was like, no, I've got this. I love this. There's more opportunities. There's more time to take your staff off. You can actually talk to people train them and upskill them so I went looking for promotion got a team leader role with those and then within a few months later I went on to be the senior team leader so I was in charge of like the team leaders as well as the agents below us unfortunately they sold their business on I was kept on in another role but it wasn't contact center and I found it a little bit it wasn't me I'm a people person I like to be amongst people I want to see people progress so when COVID hit where I was furloughed and then obviously eventually made redundant through COVID. So that was me back to being at home and trying to do the job search while sitting at home through COVID was really weird because not oh. many places were taken on. Mm. My old boss recommended SSCL. He knew they were looking for a team leader. I'm quite unique because generally this company likes to promote from within. It's a unique set of skills when you're looking after HR and payroll for the number of clients we do. And they tend to like promote people up, which is, I think is a brilliant way to be doing it because that's what you should be doing looking after your staff and seeing them progress so as an outsourced member of staff in a new company under covid where i gained a team that didn't even have laptops with cameras <laughs> and i'm at home in my little spare room trying to teach these guys after getting to know them purely through their voice or if we like did facetime or messenger you were doing that though as well as trying to learn about your SSCL, but also the clients and yeah, and and everything and everything else, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like learning the job. So what is it this company does, and how do they do it? Learning what the clients are and who they are, and what they want from us. At the same time as then looking after this entire team that I've literally built pictures in my heads so, of, because all I've got really is their voices. You know, whether that was talking to them on teams to support them or doing their quality monitoring, so reviewing their calls back over and how they speak to the client. And, you know, and it gives us a very unique perspective, which I think has massively helped us on my journey because I couldn't judge them just by how they looked. You know, you, you, you couldn't make that initial step of, mm, I don't know if I'm going to like this person or I really like them because, you know, there was none of it. So the bias was completely gone. It was literally, I could share your voice and I could give you little hints and tips like saying please and thank you you know explaining why we're asking questions so that the client was more comfortable with why the call was going in the direction it was going and how we book the best support through that way and it made huge impacts on on how the staff delivered their service so 
Now, what was it like, though, when you met them face to face? So being who I am, I absolutely massively volunteered to do all the overtime for coming to the office early because we did like a phased return to the office. So I've now been with the company over a year. I never met anybody face to face yet. Or, or like, well, bring so when they were saying they need people to come in, you were like, me, me, me. Yeah, absolutely. That was it. I'm like, ah, I can do that. I can do that. Because we wanted to bring them in a bit at a time, make sure their systems were going to work. Obviously, it's a brand new office because SSCL moved during COVID as well into a new location. So we've got a brand new office that nobody's been in. We don't know if the systems are going to work when we get here. We need to upgrade everybody to laptops because we're going to go into this wonderful hybrid scenario. Of, you know, and you kind of have people bringing in desktops backwards and forwards and buses and things. And I can remember, like, when I walked down the corridor, like my boss, my operation lead at the time of my head of service heard my voice and were like, oh, that must be Suzanne. And, you know, it was amazing. It was like really nice. And then I'm sitting at my desk and she had these voices coming down the corridor and I'm like, oh, that's such and such. And I turned around and go, oh, I didn't expect that. But I didn't feel like I wasn't part of it either. Um, yeah. It was really nice because obviously I've bonded with like, the other team leaders within our area, the heads of service, operation leads, things like that. And we came in and did like just a lunch date just to get to know each other a little bit, especially more for me because I'd never met any of them and the rest had been apart for like this period of nearly two years. And it was like I was, I'd always been there. I didn't feel separate at all, even though I'd come in under totally different circumstances. Everybody just took us for who I was, already knew who I was through how I interacted on teams or how I spoke to them over the phone. And it was, it was amazing to think that COVID gave me so many new skills, if you will but also give us massive opportunities in where I am now with the company I am now. How, what was your success rate? How accurate were you with the pictures you drew in your mind of people based on their voice versus what they looked like? <laughs> Not highly accurate at all. <laughs> I have to admit some people were like real shock as in not what I expected at all. Not necessarily in a bad way, obviously, because some of, some of the guys are watching this are going to be like, God, Suzanne, come on, but not in a bad way at all. But you do hear somebody's voice, and it was probably the same for them too. Mm, do you know what yeah. I mean? Because they heard me, but yeah, I put my camera on because I was lucky enough to have a laptop. So when we're doing Teams meetings, buzz sessions and stuff, I could put my camera on so they could see us. But it's different seeing somebody on a camera like this than it is when you actually meet them face-to-face -face and get to see that whole body language, if you will, you know, how you move, how you react to things. You know, it's, it was really weird, but yeah, I wasn't really that accurate at all. It's pretty special though, isn't it? When you think about it, that you, given all of those circumstances, you're coming in externally, which is, as you say, is different. Everyone's in COVID. You can't see people, but you still can form an effective team. You can still have team spirit, even though yeah. you can't see each other. No, absolutely. Because we built a different bond. And, and I think, like I say, I think it helped more not being able to see them in some senses because we all just bonded together. I like when we were having teams meeting because I couldn't see people's reaction to information. It would be like I'd go around and ask everybody on the meeting have they got any questions, if anybody wanted to pick up with this person because they didn't want to see it in the team. Whereas I think if it had been in an office environment, you'd be able to watch and see reactions and think, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person. They don't look comfortable what's being said. I couldn't do that. I had to find other ways to adapt and other ways to support and make sure everybody was heard where they were comfortable being heard. Because mm. I've got a couple of staff that they're not big on speaking up in meetings, but they'll come to us individually. And it was like, I had to find a way to make sure they knew that was fine, mm. even though they couldn't see us. Because, you know, and I couldn't see them. So, yeah. What's, what would you say, regardless of whether it's that time or now, 
the most important things to you as a team leader are? Oh, wow. I think it's, it is really not making a judgment on people. Everybody's got a set of skills. And the biggest thing I like is to find what they are passionate about and bring that out of them. Everybody's got something they can bring and deliver to a team. And it's finding where it is because sometimes it's buried down deep inside people because they don't believe in themselves. And I think that's what I'm really good at and what makes me job me really good at my job. It's like watching people, listening to people, learning just little bits you pick up and then you just, you encourage it and you grow it. And next thing you know that they're off and they're getting promotions or they're doing things they never expected they would be doing. And it's amazing. I always tell my team, I expect a lot of them to like surpass me, to move on above me. You know, I've got a finite amount of knowledge I can pass on. And at some point they're going to learn more than I am. And they can start teaching me and they'll move on somewhere else. And that's absolutely fine because I, I love seeing people progress and move on. It's massive. There's nothing better, I think, is there than believing in someone that might not believe in themselves as much as you do and then seeing them progress because it's something that you helped kind of spark and yeah. you'll. No, it, it, it is an amazing feeling, which I guess is being who I am is what like my obsolete and things saw in me, which is why they put us forward for the awards. Because when I was put forward for the, the Northeast Contact Centre Awards, I kind of looked at me boss and went, well, why? I, I just do my job, you know what I mean? But they obviously saw what I was doing differently, how I saw it. So, so that was the first one, wasn't it? The Northeast yeah. Contact Centre Awards. And what was that one for? Was that team? Uh, best Newcomer. Ooh. So it was a brand new category last year that the Northeast Contact Centre Awards brought in designed specifically for people that had just joined within a certain period of time and the, the changes they had made in the time they had started. So that's what they put me forward for. And I'm like, no, this, no, it's not going to happen. When I did the interview with the, the team there and we had a lovely night in Gateshead, as I was in London, very, very nervous. It's like, didn't expect to get anywhere. And I was, I knew of some of the other people in my category and one of them got a highly commended because it's, Northeast, unlike London, like the UK is, don't have like a, a bronze, silver and gold. You literally mm. have your winner. And on some occasions they put a highly commended in there where somebody came really, really close and they want to recognize that. So this other girl got this highly commended. I'm like, oh, I've got no chance here. But they actually get up on stage and the, the, the read bits that the judges have had to say about the person who won. And as I read through it, my boss is sitting, not, not, and not. And then obviously my name came up in the lights. And I'm just like shell-shocked. I'm like, no way. Took us ages. I'm tears streaming down my face. I'm quite an emotional person when it comes to stuff like that. So, and the difference there is you have to get up and do a, like an interview on the stage live there and then on the spot. Really? Yeah. And that was, I mean, I can't remember all of what I've told them. It's like a, a flash, but I know a lot of it came around from, you know, it was for me, what I mentioned about the COVID side of it and having to learn who people are from their voice and you know, train them through what I got here and encourage them that way. But yeah, that was quite an experience, a really nice night. And do you think that kind of the the whole process itself, did you find that, I know it can be awkward, no one ever likes talking about themselves, do they? But did you find the even just the whole process, it's not your comfort zone, but it's interesting nonetheless? So yeah, it, it is massively out of my comfort zone. I mean, obviously, I, t I told you this the last time we spoke. So for me, doing even what I'm doing now is out of my comfort zone. But if I can share knowledge, that's what's important of us. It's not about, you know, am I the best at what I do? It's can I help other people? Can I encourage other people? If there's people there that think, boom, I'm not sure. 
you know, just that little nudge that says, give it a go. You never know. But the process itself, I mean, from the nominations going in, you get guidance on what's going to happen during the interviews. And the interviews are more like general chat like this. Tell me about yourself, you know, elaborate on your, your nomination a little bit more. The UKs were a little bit different in that I had to send over evidence to support looking after my team, like stats and even my like end of year reviews and things like that. So they could see like what my bosses had to say about me and how I felt my year had run. But the process itself, yeah, yeah, like kept in the loop and everybody looks after you. And I mean, it, the night in London was amazing. Even just like the welcome coming through the gate. Do you know what I mean? It was unreal. Well, yeah. So then after getting the Northeast, it probably, how long is it from that one until the UK ones? So the Northeast ones were last November. Right. So there was a longer waiting period in between those as well, between shortlisted to interview to then actually go and it was like nearly three months and then my operation lead Steph come in full of God, oh, dead excited we've got some great news I'm putting you up the UK conduct and that's now it why because yeah. <laughs> you know it was like, stop doing this to me I can't do this again it's really name wracking but again the, the, the nomination went in and we waited because I remember looking for all I was like nah I'm not going to get anywhere I was like constantly on the way I would say just I'll just look and then my name appeared and I'm like does this mean I've been shortlisted because I hadn't received the email at that time. It had gone to the company rather than to myself. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, shortlisted. I was like, right. And then I had the interview process. The lady was lovely. She actually gives some really good feedback. I was describing a situation to answer one of her questions. I'm not going of it, obviously, in a public forum. But she actually gave me feedback on how she thought I may be able to look at it slightly different to help support it. And I've actually implemented that. And it's actually made a massive change and improved what I needed to improve. So right. I can't thank you enough for like the two-way feedback, even though it was mm. an interview process for me. In, you know what I mean? So you, they've got skills and knowledge. And then obviously it was waiting for the night, the the trip to London. And I mean that, the amount of people in that room. Was oh, there's a lot in there. Yeah. I mean, they said, I'm sure they said it was like the biggest, biggest group of people they'd ever had in. But I mean, it was nice because they had all the pictures flashing up around the room periodically, all the different people that had been shortlisted, all the different teams and stuff like that. And and being being with me team, you know what I mean? It, it was nice that they were there to share it. I bet. And then I, I called out your name and then you, Kate, you come up and again, after that, is it all just a bit of a whirlwind? So I did me normal. So I laughed because there's a picture actually on the website where you've obviously called my name. I look shell-shocked and I've got like this row of supporters behind us all jumping up and being like, yeah, yes. And I'm like, and I get up on the stage, obviously total shell-shocked, picture down, come back down. And I met with like a line of people to be hooked and the tears are streaming down my face. Oh, um, and it took Steph, our operations lead, a while. She's like, right, now you stop crying. Can I get a photo, please? And that was obviously sent back because my whole team, like the team I actually manage in this contact center, were all on WhatsApp being like, what's happening? What's going on? And we're like, well, haven't even, this is like nine o'clock. We're like, well, I haven't even started the awards yet. We'll let you know. And one of my agents was actually with us. He's my deputy on the team. He was privileged enough to come because of some fabulous feedback he got from one of our clients. And he was in the WhatsApp group before I'd even like got back off the stage being like, get in. Really? I'm so loved. You know, I'm probably thrilled. I'm getting to be here and see this. And and I'm just like sitting going, no, I can't believe this. <laughs> they're like, see, we're told you. And I'm like, no. Because, I mean, one of the best laughs is I've actually yeah, got a mentor to help us with interview techniques because I've been looking for promotion and I didn't get the last one I was looking for. I knew I wasn't ready, 
but I wanted to find out what that process looked like. So that you put development in for yourself, you say, and you're telling me right. you're not good at interviews. I'm like, well. Yeah, you've got two awards that say maybe you are. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You are listening to Get Out of Rap. Now, am I right in thinking as well, from when we spoke before, that you're not, you don't exactly show the awards off, do you? They have, people have to put them out for you. Yeah, that's right. So one of our trainers in the contacts and we gained a new operation lead just a few weeks ago. Um, she was in the office for the full week. Like I say, we're hybrids. So we only come in on a Thursday and a Friday. And one of the first days she came in, he went straight up and went, just so you know, these are Suzanne's awards because I know she won't tell you. And I actually came in the office on the Wednesday just so we could do a meet and greet the whole team together before she came out on the floor on a Thursday. And I'm just sat quite happy doing my job, chatting on. And then somebody made a comment about them and I'm like, oh yeah, that they're over on the reception. She's like, they were right. They said you wouldn't tell us. And I'm like, not who I am. What about really your family? How did, how did they react and your son? Oh, well, obviously my son was absolutely with him and my husband couldn't be more proud. I got all the gifts off my mom and stuff. She, I mean, I've got two older sisters and she's obviously super proud of all of her because of the achievements we've all made, the steps we all take and how much we're going to do. Uh, but they were all on the group. I was on, I was FaceTiming my husband outside of the place in London, you know, time with the bridge behind us and yeah. FaceTiming him. They're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he's straight on Facebook, you know, bragging about it all. And I'm like, I haven't put it on Facebook. I haven't put it on LinkedIn. You know, everybody else can do that. But no, I don't do that. It's love. It's lovely though, isn't it? And has it, has, has it changed anything for you or does it just kind of reinforce that? your beliefs around how you manage a team and that you can act as even more of a role model to the people in your team, kind of using yourself as an example. So I don't think it's changed us because like I say, I don't, it's like, it sounds terrible, but like being there, done that, I've got the trophy, let's just move on. You know, <laughs> they, can, they can sit over there. Um, yeah. But for me, it, does, it massively reinforces like who I am and what I do because I just get on and do my day job. I'm, I'm always trying to look at the bigger picture, see how I can support my team better, pick up on those little triggers and signals. Because sometimes it's not about what they're really good at and what's making them good at their job. It's what might not be right at home, what's mm-hmm. impacting their way. Some people describe yourself as a fire guard. So I like, I lay myself across the top of my agent so I protect what's coming down from above. Because until they've got the tools, the knowledge and the skills, they can't be held accountable for not achieving stats and things whereas if you come in and just be like you didn't get that average challenge time right it's like well that's no good why didn't you we need to understand what's going on so i don't think winning awards changed us because it just means i do what i do it may change how other people look at us but that's kind of their choice i guess (laughs) and you how many how many people in your team now then so i've currently got a team of nine there's a wider because there's three team leaders in the contact center that have each got a team of nine so I kind of, I've got direct reports, but then I kind of oversee the rest. I'm classified oh, okay. as a surrogate for our CITB team as well, because they know if there's no other team leaders on the floor, then they're more than welcome to come to me. And if I can help, I can help. If I can't, I find the people that can. But I'm pretty much, I mean, my team take the mick out of us constantly when I'm in the office. It's like, they've got a bet on that I have to be at my desk for at least five minutes every hour, because I'm constantly up and wondering about, because it's like, well, who can I help? How can I support? And I can't always do that just sitting at my desk. I need to be engaged. They, they got to breakfast office after I got back from London. So they got given a treat of breakfast buddies. So I'm going around with me trolley, delivering breakfast buddies to 
like the whole floor. You know, the, the reward-winning team leaders out delivering breakfast. Things like that, because the engagement side is really huge to me because, you know, people want to be in the office. I mean, people think hybrid's fabulous and it is for a lot of people. But come a Wednesday, for the way we work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at home, by Wednesday, a lot of people are ready for interaction. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to come in the office on Thursday and Friday and be like, sat in the booth, head down, just taking call after call. We don't work like that. Our contact center is completely open. There is no booths. There's no barriers between the desks. I mean, even today, that's why I've come to one of the side offices that I haven't been with sports days. So there's like swing ball and all kinds going on down there. And we're just laughing and carrying on. And, you know, and, and that's what it should be about. I love it. And when you think back to that, your first thoughts about going for a customer service role, no mention of it being in a contact center and those thoughts of thinking, oh, I don't know if this is for me. And you think about it now, what, you know, does that kind of, do you get involved in recruitment and stuff and do those kind of yeah. things? Yeah, absolutely. It's much as I possibly can. So we do a lot of our own interviewing for anybody coming in. And that's see, I'll just start my second cohort of apprenticeships. So I've been going through all the training because you, you recruit differently when you recruit apprentices. So we actually have our apprentice assessment day next week. So I'm involved in that. And I've been looking after some of them. So the last cohort, the starter was me on my team first. So I got to build like the knowledge with them and how they do their course and things like that. You know, and it's, it's like, we're looking after people's futures here. So mm. you've got to be really passionate about that. Mm. So my next big one is obviously I want to get more involved with the training side of it. I already do a lot with training to help support like the lead trainers who deliver it. I'm always there. They've got any questions and I'm like, well, we need to change that a little bit. Can we look at this? And they're coming with random questions so yeah looking back had I thought contact center work was like this and not that stereotype you see on the telly of everybody stuck in a little box on their own for like eight hours a day probably would have moved to this area quicker do you think then that when you show up in recruitment you're very conscious of sharing with them early on what it what it's actually like oh yeah absolutely so part of our recruitment process now is when they're like individual comes in for an interview. We always interview on a Thursday and a Friday. So we are in the office. And one of the first things we do is take them for a tour of the office. It's like, come with us. Then I'll show you what our contact center looks like. And that can be all things going on on the floor. And you kind of see them step back and be like, yeah, we're not your standard. Like, because it's not a call center. And I think that's where people, they have this vision of the call center being the boxes. But with it being a contact center, it's entirely different. Because as more goes on, because we're dealing with live chats in some areas, we're dealing with emails, some, some areas are just processing work. So it isn't as boxed in as a lot of people imagine. So we take them for a 12 phase and be like, come and meet the guys, mm. come and see what actually goes on. And then we'll go and do your interview and eating. let us know, you know, and it, it helps that individual relax a little bit as well. We joke about the, the, the posh coffee machine in the business lounge. It, it, it's a tablet where you press the button and it gives you a cappuccino instead of having to make your own coffee. But it's those little things, you know, where you can bring somebody into like, do you want a posh coffee before we go in? And I'm like, posh coffee? Well, again, I'll show you how the tablet works. <laughs> and then they're more relaxed. You get more out of the person, now out of the individual. And then you can see, you know, are they going to be a fit for working with us and what we're trying to deliver as a company, how our values work. So, And all your team, they like the three-day, two-day split, do they? That, yeah. they must, like you say, they must be bouncing when they come in and you've got to, you've got to do something haven't you to make it more engaging on those on the thursday and friday well even just you know i'm a, one of them i'm on the floor shouting morning campers and you know like i see i'm up and down and in and out and joking on and 
somebody's threatened to get us a set of little bells like Heidi High. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just it massively mm-hmm. it massively helps because the nodes are going to get that interaction. They're going to get extra support as well. So especially because our peer periods, that's obviously our busiest time, um, okay. given that we're in HR and payroll. And knowing that you're sitting next to people and we can hear the common themes coming through the calls and we can jump on them quite quickly and be like, all right, have we got an issue here? Has something happened there? Is there being some kind of a change? Whereas when you're at home, you don't hear it and you can't always see it because they don't always have time to be putting messages on for what to say and it can take one longer to pick things up. So I know most people prefer, well, enjoy having those two days in the office where we can have that interaction and pick things up a lot quicker. And I, there's a lot to be said me and you manage the same way. I, I managed by wandering around. I yeah. loved it. I was very, like you, very rarely at my desk. And I wasn't at my, if I did sit down, it wasn't for long. No, like I say, they've got this bet on. I try to get round it. Somebody asked us for help. So I like scooted across the floor and we chair and I, that doesn't count, Suzanne. You've got to be physically at the desk. And I'm like, <laughs> I tried. I, I, if I'm honest, I find it difficult because I don't want to be sat in front of my screen. If I'm, if I'm with people, I want to be in amongst the people and I want to be able to help them. You know, those three days a week, I have no choice but to look at that screen because that's where they're going to get support from us. So if I'm, if I'm in the office, I want to be like wandering around to their desk and seeing what they're seeing. And, you know, it, it can be simple things like, well, have you considered like, adding that to your favorites bar? Or have you thought about pinning that at the bottom of your task bar? Things like that, that you cannot show or describe over mm. a team's call. You just can't do it, so. And it's also just sort of sharing little moments and it's easier to have kind of off-the-cuff conversations about someone's, how things are going, what you're up to, blah, 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 you know, finding out about their their life. It just feels more natural sometimes, doesn't it, than tagging it onto the end of a Teams call or doing it at the at the start. There's a lot to be said. I think a lot of new team leaders worry that they shouldn't be doing that for some reason no you see in my eyes i'm, I'm with you that it massively helps it helps in how yeah. you look after your staff because you hear like you see those little off-the-cuff remarks or somebody could comment i've just had this call and i've said this and i remember a time when that happened you know and it starts this whole flow you know and you can see people's reactions and you think mm, something's at home there i maybe just need to get them into there like the well-being room and just let them have five minutes, you know, because we get those awful calls as well. Given the, the service we provide, we get death and service calls to let we know. And that hits some people harder than others. But when you're in the office, you can go and, if you're allowed, put an arm around that person because obviously you've got to be careful, but you can take them off and yeah. just go and have a little drink, take a step outside if the weather's nice. We're quite lucky here in Quorum, the, when the weather's really, really nice, they put out giant bee bags and stuff on the area and we can, you can go and just sit out. And have that five minute chat with them, whereas at home you wouldn't even know. You'd you'd be questioning them, saying, you know, why you're still in after call work, or you've gone offline. Can I ask what's happening? And in an office, you can pick that up straight away and see it. So move with it much quicker and support them better. In my eyes, yeah. And that's kind of it comes across a lot. And I know we've spoken before, but that's what you see your role is, isn't it? Is supporting them. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, my main job is to look after my team. It, it's not all the other stuff. It's they're my priority. I'll often tell them when we have both sessions, they are the miners on the call face, if you will. We'll keep it simple. Without them, we don't have our jobs because if they aren't there to do theirs, look after the client, then the company wouldn't be able to do what it does. So there would be no need for team leaders or anybody else above us either. So they are the most important thing in my eyes that's running this company right now. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, you also you also talked before when we were chatting beforehand around that kind of you know what you mentioned it earlier about right maybe going into do some more training and those types of things because that's the beauty of being a team leader isn't it? you get to do lots of different things as well so you've already mentioned recruitment training what is it about training specifically that you love I and mean, i've always had a passion in training i don't know that a lot of that comes from me soon uh because with him being autistic he wasn't diagnosed till much later on and it was a difficult diagnosis shall we say because when we took him in initially they were like yes this is what we think but we need to put him through an assessment and they took him in for the assessment and come out and said no it's not and then the guy said look go and look at him as if he's been treated for six months and they come back and went oh yeah absolutely you might well that's his mom i don't want anybody to suffer so if i can put methods in on how to support so for josh it was dead simple you know he was carrying everything in his backpack because he was frightened of forgetting something so we got five folders Labelled them Monday to Friday. We came home, we did our homework, we put it in the right folder. And the night before, we packed our bag with the appropriate folders for the next day. Saved everything. So it, it kind of links in from that, that when I'm looking after the agents, I want them to have all the skills. I want them to have all the knowledge. I want them to be able to answer that phone and say, yeah, I can support you with that. Or if it's not something we do on contact center and it has to be redirected, let me raise that to the right area for you. But if I don't have that knowledge myself, I can't pass it down. Mm. So it's always important that I, I keep looking and I keep hunting. I keep looking for more. Like with the apprentices, I'm doing a, a level three in mentorship so I can learn how to be a better mentor to look after them. It's been a hard slog in between the rest of my day job that I do, but it, it's important that I know I've got, I've got all the right skills and tools to help support them and mm. bring them forward. So, What yeah, goes into that then? What goes into training for mentorship? So I'm doing actual level threes through a company called ELS. So they're actually the company that's supporting the SSEL's apprenticeships for the level two in customer services. It's all self-taught as well. So it's a lot of reading, a lot of researching, a lot of looking into it. And it's all about, you know, the differences between, you know, well, what is a mentor? How would you compare a mentor to coaching, training, even supervising, you know, kinds of building contracts, how you do document one-to-ones, you know, how you put your steps in place. Even like the legal and ethical aspects of it, you know, mm. making sure that you, you are signposting when it's appropriate to, but obviously you've got confidentiality there because sometimes what's said in a mentoring meeting needs to be kept between the two of you. Nobody else needs to know about that. And that's if it's a one-on-one mentoring because you do group mentoring. So there's been lots. And throughout that, I've also had to do mentoring sessions with a, a couple of the staff to show that, you know, can follow through on what I'm kind of describing that I say I can, but even like setting goals, setting objectives, helping them achieve. So it all links in with the training side. So I found it really useful. I love it. And you, that example you gave of Josh, you did that for, um, it's a real nice lesson there, isn't it? About not, you could get overwhelmed and think, how can I, how can I help his life? When in fact, what you did was break it down and say, okay, here's the school bag, but we're also now going to do going to the bus or going to a shop or just breaking things down and thinking yeah. how best to, to, to do it. Yeah, and that's probably where him setting himself a university came from. He knew what the final goal was, what he wanted to do, but then he had to work that backwards and look at, well, how do I achieve each of those? And it was it was down to even, the, the, you see the choices of these are what GCSEs I need to complete, these are the grades I need to achieve. I mean, bless him, he'll probably cringe if he ever sees this, but I was absolutely thrilled for him because he got an A star in maths. His biggest achievement because of his condition was, Mama passed English. 
because he didn't have to sit it again. And he was frightened he was going to have to reset English to, be, to allow him to do his A-levels. And now I'm, I'm jumping up and down because he's got this brilliant score in maths and he's more impressed with passing English, you know, yeah, and I just passing it. English. But to him, it's because he was on the next path. And then mm. he set off to do four A-levels, only one in his year group at the time, doing four A-levels. And he achieved them all. And then, you know, he was so determined he was going to get into this university. He set himself up to do an entrance scholarship exam to try to get himself an unconditional offer. And he even achieved that in between everything else he was doing. And, you know, and it's like, and he'll often say, you know, I kind of be more proud of him, but he'll say, but yeah, mom, if you haven't helped us and we hadn't learned the steps and how to do things bit by bit. Because even now we Skype each other nearly every day and just break down his work day, what's gone on. You know, he breaks down my work day as well for me a lot. We bounce off each other. <laughs> I love it. Oh. I absolutely love it. Do you, what advice would you give to people who might be working alongside or managing people that are neurodivergent? You know, I think whilst awareness has got better, it's still, it's, it's still something that I think people need to understand a bit more. What kind of advice would you give? Just take a step back and be a little bit more open. Because sometimes they can come across as quite harsh, quite forward as well. Well, they can either be very forward or very shy and not want to tell you what's going on. But they can be very black and white. So it's about, you know, just taking that little bit extra time and asking them, how can you support them? Because they know how to best be supported in most cases. Because like I say, it's one of the things we told Josh when he was going for an interview. Don't be shy to tell people and ask, you know, when they're asking an interview question. I'm sorry, I'm not understanding what you've just asked me. Could you rephrase that for me, please? And I, I think we, we picked up a lot of that in ourselves. So like if I'm giving an instruction to the, the agents on how I want something done, again, it's better because you're in a room when we're in the office, I can see people's reaction. And I don't have to wait and ask that question. You know, are you understanding that? Because I can see, and you can say, well, let me explain it slightly differently. And I think I've got a very unique perspective because I can break things down slightly differently, haven't done it for a lot of years now. So anybody that's got people like that within their team, it's just about, one, educate yourself a little bit more. There's loads of information out there on how you can help. Two, generally the person you're dealing with will know how best you can support them. So just ask them, have that one-on-one -on -one and just say, look, are you struggling with understanding? You know, how can I best support you? Do you need it wrote down step by step? Because not everybody takes verbal instruction either. I can't give Josh more than one instruction at a time because you'll forget what one of the first ones was. So we have to do little lists and keep it going like that. So is that what your member staff then needs? It's really about just adapting a lot. The best way to help them, really. There's so many, so many valuable lessons there, isn't there? I think even around just when you're communicating to your team, you can't make the assumption that everyone is receiving that information perfectly as you'd mm. expect the way you might because people receive that information differently. And they, there's different communication styles and you, whether that means that you are autistic or not, you still have different, you can't, it doesn't hurt to double check, like you say, to make sure that people are, do you get what I mean? There's no yeah. harm in repeating things, doing it differently. Yeah, it's checking their understanding, making sure, you know, and I guess with new staff as well, you know, you, you get used to a lot of terminology and I've told a lot of our new staff that come in, it's like, Payroll speaks a different language. You know, it, it, it can be simple things that can be asked. And we'd be like, oh, it's such and such. And they're like, well, how did you know that? And it's like, you'll learn that this word actually means that. 
and this relates to this. It, it can just depend on on what it is. So again, like you say, it's just making sure that you're reiterating that and ensuring mm. that they understand as best as they possibly what, can. What was it like then? You know, so Josh had had this, I'm going to go to Aberystwyth University. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure, were there times when you were like worried or oh, what if he doesn't or what if things change or oh, through no fault of his own, what if the courses are different or... Yeah, yeah, there was very much because when he's kind of set his mind, it's like we could only see one path. And it was, I had to like help him to understand that there are different paths. You know, so have we got a second option? Have we got a third option? Have we looked into everything else? You know, and, and kind of breaking it down for him a little bit further, being like, right, so have we got a contingency plan? If we don't achieve this, so for example, the path in English, that was his biggest thing. So if we don't do that, what are you going to do? And he'd already spoke to his teachers and they said he could come in in the summer and do a reset. They would do one-on-one support with him to make sure that he could still come in and do his A-levels. So we like set up a lot of contingency plans in place just in case he didn't get to where he wanted to be. But no, I mean, sending him that far away was like, Tough. I think I cried all the way home. When that, when that day actually came about though and he got in and you... Yeah, I can imagine it must. It's not nice, is it, when your children go off to to uni and things? But you must have been so proud. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think you could have got the smile off my face. Mm. I mean, the day we went and picked up his A levels. I mean, I know there's we've only got what a week or so before that. No, A levels is GCSEs next week. But when the day we went to pick up his A levels, I remember sitting in that room and I was more nervous, I think, than he was. You know, I used to say things to him before he was going to the exam, say "Good luck," and he'd be like. Looks got nothing to do with it, ma'am. If I haven't learned it in the last two years, it's not going to happen now. You know, and I'm like, well, it's a really good outlook, actually. You know, you can only go and do what you can do. So we, we used to change that to, well, just do your best. You know, your mum will be proud of you no matter what, as long as you've done your best. And he oh, must man. be proud. Him and your husband must be proud of you now, multi-award winning, as, you, as your family call you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like I say, yeah. I think my husband more so because Josh struggles to understand the emotion on it. So because mm. I don't necessarily brag about it or be like, oh, look what I did. He doesn't get because he needs to see what emotion it should come with. But my husband massively does. He's, and we were in the pub the other week. I went and picked him up from work. And there was a group of lads in there that I knew some of them because I met them before. But that was one I hadn't met before. So he was asking, what do I do? He says, oh, I'm a contact center team leader, do a job here. Well, he went, oh, whereabouts is that? So I was describing where we are. He says, do you like your job? I'm like, I absolutely love my job. I says, I love the opportunities I get. I love the team I work with. I says, it's absolutely amazing. I says, but, and as I was about to speak, my husband went, actually, I'll correct you there. Because you're speaking to a multi-award winning. I'm like, really? Right? <laughs> right in there. And I'm like, no, I'm just a team leader. And then, then out comes the photos, maybe get a t-shirt. I'm like, no, definitely not. And would you recommend to people, though, who might be, maybe they've got someone, maybe they've got a team leader in their team or they are a team leader and they're umming and up, they've got a nice story to to tell or they've had a really good year that they should go for these, whether it is their local regional ones or national ones, to go through the, the process? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've learned so much. Because it's also the community you get to bond with. So like the guys that have been shortlisted, they all reached out on LinkedIn. So we all chat to each other. 
we share best practice. I guess like your team leader community, it's, it's an ideal place to be because you get to learn more. But yeah, there's people out there that think, hmm, I'm not sure. Because part of the process is reading over and putting in what you've done. And then I kind of give that to somebody else and say, right, do you want to read over and see? And they go, well, do you don't remember when you did this? Do you don't remember when you did that? And it's sometimes it's things you've totally forgot about. Yeah. Or you, they just went straight over your head because, well, that's just my job. And you get to learn so much more about yourself and it creates more opportunities. So, yeah, absolutely. If anybody's thinking, should I? They absolutely should because it's a great experience and it's a great night meeting all those other people. Look, Suzanne, this has been a brilliant, brilliant, for someone that was out of their comfort zone and not wanting to, it's to cool. do it. You've done, you've done a great job. It's been, I've really enjoyed getting to know the person that I met on the, on the stage and you genuinely are a credit to our industry. Thanks for everything you do. And it's been lovely to, to hear your story. No, you're more than welcome. Martin, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Get Out of Rap. I really do appreciate it. Suzanne is a member of the team leader community that I created. So like her, maybe you, if you are listening, you're a team leader and you want to join, please do. Or if you are a senior leader and you are looking for a way to complement the training provision and the L&D that you have set up for your team leaders and you want to give them something they have access to, 24 7 and is constantly updated then please do just get in touch thanks very much and take care of yourselves